What's up, guys? Welcome to episode eight of Operation Brewery. This week, we were going to go into the details of the possible campaign and do a follow-up on that, but what we're doing instead is going into more details about how much we're spending to build this brewery, not just and not just the possible raising money, but all the money we're spending on absolutely everything, how close we are in terms of how much we've spent, how much we've got left, um, and all the details of how it's all coming together. So I think this is going to be a really useful episode for you guys. Thank you for the iTunes reviews, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Old. Right, we're recording now, so Eddie, can you give us a review on the Sierra Nevada beer? It's fucking gross. <laughs> not really liking it. I'm not getting any mandarin, oranges, or peppercorn. I'm getting cardboard, cardboard, <laughs> and toothpaste. Happy with this beachy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, fuck, that's awful. I think maybe we should press pause and get some more beach house. Okay, off we go. <laughs> right, have to work out. Okay, we're back. We we've got some decent beer now. It's not off. Beach house. Yeah, we're ready to go. Resupplied. Let's do this. All right. So, welcome to episode number eight of Operation Brewery. This is from our new Gardenia. Oh, fuck. I can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're going to do an episode soon on our location. We can't reveal where that is. So, do not Google those four letters <laughs> <laughs> and the Gold Coast. Yeah, but this is coming from a random studio in Burley Heads um, above a brewery. And we're reasonably close to opening. And we've feels like it. We've spent the vast majority of our money, so we're in a good position to talk about how much it costs to open and um, how much it costs versus how much we budgeted. So that's what this episode's going to be about. And we've got me, and then Gov's to my right, and Eddie to his right, and we've got full blown pro style audio setup and red pimp porn studio looking curtains. I'm just going to Snapchat it while you're talking, just so anyone who wants to see these pimp curtains can go on our Snapchat, follow us. Absolutely. And uh, check out this pimp setup. Eddie took a video on um, Instagram. I took a pic on Instagram, but then, but then did black and white to make sure you couldn't see the red porn action going on. So whatever, whatever you're into. Um, if you want to follow us on Snapchat, by the way, at Black Ops Beer and on Instagram at Black Ops Beer. Very excited about both of those platforms. Um, so let's start with how much we thought it was going to cost to open. Um, I, I guess we'd, we'd talk to people about opening a brewery. We, we couldn't find really any information on the internet other than sort of small homebrew setups or, or maybe like a, a level up from homebrew. Anything between that and like basically a million dollars was the figure that people yeah, said. It, it, it like, kind of went from, you know, like whatever you can scrounge together to a million dollars and there was no real solid information for everything in between. So... We certainly didn't have a million dollars. Um, so we, we started asking questions and talking to people who had, we knew had done uh, for a lot less and, and found out a lot of the tricks along the way and um, started implementing some of our own. So, yeah, there was um, some scary times and, and uh, I kind of feels like we're now getting pretty close. In the home stretch. In yeah. terms of the amount of money we've spent, we're in the home stretch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So we did an, we did an episode on um, we did a like a pitch deck on our blog which you can check out which talked about how we went about raising a bit of money that we needed um, and we've also just completed a possible campaign which we raised seventeen thousand dollars for so we've had we've had a couple of investors the possible we've put our own money in and we've hang on um, hang on let's go back to the possible for a second like <laughs> how fucking cool was that that was amazing to to hit our goal in the first day. And to, to absolutely smash it away was was well beyond our expectations. Yes, yeah. it was. Yeah, it was cool. And people are 
actually had a conversation today with the guys running an event in Brisbane and it's about digital disruption. He's like, I want you to speak and tell us about, you know, what you're doing with the brewery. And I'm like, fuck, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and and he, was, he knew about the possible and he was like, why aren't more, more companies doing this? Like a, a lot of the guys who are doing crowdfunding are sort of doing launching albums or stuff like that, but no one's really doing it for businesses like this. So No, and like, you know, we're, we're presenting at the, the Gold Coast Business League and, and a lot of that's based upon the fact that we were, you know, we made such a splash with this possible campaign and we did it really well and, you know, we, we got way more than we targeted for, but it, I think it was a lot of the um, people are interested to know how we actually got there. So that's going to be really cool to share. Yeah, and and it sort of turned out that we, we kind of needed that money. Like we, where we got to was 330 grand Australian to actually open this brewery. And, and it wasn't a number that we pulled out of our heads. Like it, we, we definitely did our homework on this. Um, we might have been pretty conservative on a lot of the numbers. And, we were. Um, yeah. You know, everything, if it was in a ballpark, we took, you know, the, the low ball figure and just crossed our fingers that we could make it happen. Despite people saying, take that number and double it. Yeah, everyone said double it or triple it. And we were like, no, fuck that. We can do this. Yeah. <laughs> we we d- well, we doubled and tripled the revenue expectations. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we also, I mean, we had a few tricks up our sleeve. I mean, I, I was confident doing the online stuff with, with crowdfunding. You, you've obviously got a lot of experience. So I'm pointing at Govs. This is audio. I keep forgetting. But I'm, I'm talking about Govs in terms of experience with other similar-sized breweries and, and, and knowing how it all works. And Eddie knows everyone, has talked to everyone, was, was you know, well into what Wade was doing at Four Hearts and we knew sort of other breweries that had set up at similar sizes. So we probably knew more than the average... We, we, we had more information than the average person starting a brewery and we kind of knew we could do it for, like, significantly less than a million dollars. Yeah, I, I don't think we were naive. Um, I think we were a bit probably overconfident but we're also willing to give it a shot yeah and we had some backups as well like like the possible thing we talked about that early on and we and we sort of thought well we don't actually need it so we won't do it but Mm. then we got to the point where we sort of did need it so we did it so we did it yeah and it it came in a good time because i think the first time we looked at crowdfunding i don't think it was right no and and the platforms we looked at we couldn't actually have beer as a reward which is pretty fucking stupid yeah for a brewery so yeah um, you know we're not going to sell a million t-shirts. We want to sell our beer. Our story's better now too, which helps. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think like all the, the Call of Duty stuff, like all of that, the, like a lot of people have heard of us. Yeah. And that, that all helps. Anyway, back to the, back to the um, finance. So let's, let's break it down. This is the, how we got to 330K Australian. And this is, um, fuck, when was this? It's, this, this was a while ago. 10, 12 months ago. Early 2015. Yeah. So and and we'd they were these were pretty rough guesses. I mean, they've turned out that we weren't too far off, but they like, were very rough. They were pretty rough at the time. Yeah, and I, I think I don't think we realised at the time how rough they were. Like, I think we definitely did our homework and due diligence. Yeah, like it wasn't like we just took numbers, you know, from yeah. random places. Like yeah. we did our homework, but we've learnt since then that you know, things can easily blow out. Well, you don't know some of this stuff. Like, like some of these, some of these expenses. Council, for example, we really just had no clue how much it was. Council no were going to charge no. us, and and you still wouldn't. Like, if you're going to do it again, you you really wouldn't know what they're going to say yes to, what they're going to say no to. We didn't even know where we were opening at that point. I mean, the, the the listeners of this podcast probably don't even know where where we're open. We're, we're in Burley Heads. We still haven't said exactly where. Um, but I know we've had conversations with people 
who listened to the podcast talking about Corumban because we mentioned that on the podcast, and that would that be a totally was different like episode scenario. Episode one, and um, back then we were looking pretty strongly to be opening in Corumban, and yeah, it's uh, it's a very different location. And it comes with a lot of different challenges. Might have been a bit easier. It would have been easier. A lot easier. There's no doubt yeah. it would have been easier. Um, and, um, and we're super excited to tell you guys, but I'm afraid you're gonna have to wait till the next episode. Yeah, yeah. But I guess the point I'm making is like, we we kind of deliberately we found a fucking cool location, and we 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 knew it was going to be a bit harder to open in this location, and harder pretty much translates into more money in terms of delays. Yeah. yeah. So back to the 330k. So we had. 140 grand Australian for brewing equipment. That was just for the equipment. So, so Govs, I, I guess all of us have been going back and forth with this company called Tiantai in Jinan, China. Um, Govs have been getting down to like nitty gritty fucking details about what pumps to use and shit like that. Um, so we had a very fair idea of what this equipment cost would, would be. Yeah, we, we had a, a lot of quotes and um, it was definitely a lot cheaper for us to go direct to a manufacturer um, you know, we're, we're talking $100,000 difference between going direct or going through an agent. And, it's, and that's just China. And that's not, just, that's just in China. That, that has nothing yeah. to do with, you know... Your other options. All the other manufacturers around the world. So we were pretty solid. We're like, we had quotes. Like, it wasn't like that was a confusing number for us. That was, yep. the, that was the first quote that we got um, was for our equipment. Like, what is... You know, we knew that was going to be the biggest expense, so we needed to get that nailed down to an exact figure. And this sort of felt like the biggest risk. I mean, in terms of money and time frame, it was all about equipment. Like when we're thinking about this, it was all about equipment. Now, we're like we've got the equipment; it's all pretty that fucking solid. That was the solid. easiest and fucking part. Yeah, <laughs> that was like <laughs> straight shooting. Like fucking, this is what it's going to cost. This is what you're going to get, and um, it's it's been everything else that's definitely been the curveballs for us. Yeah. Um, but we've been pretty lucky that we we've come close to close to the mark. Yeah, equipment-wise, the, the, main, the main issue is the conversion from US dollars to Aussie dollars, which we just get destroyed Yeah, on. when we first got the quote, it didn't seem so bad. <laughs> and yeah. then by the time we ordered and paid for trigger. it, um, yeah, we got touched a little bit. But um, in saying that on the grand scheme of things, like we got set up for mark. really cheap. Do you want to – so how much detail have we gone into the equipment on this podcast? Probably not a whole lot of detail, have we? Not on the podcast, on the blog. Maybe we not. Like, yeah, Maybe give us just a quick rundown of what, like, what we ended up getting. So like the, the first quotes that we started getting from manufacturers um, were a lot bigger than what we ended up paying. And so I went back to them and I worked for like six months plus on figuring out what, what did we need to be able to make beer. And that was our priority from day one. We need to be able to make beer as quickly and as cheaply as possible, but also with a bit more sensibility to be able to grow um, beyond the initial setup. So um, I started looking at ways of removing automation and um, cutting costs on things that we could later add the automation on. Wasn't, that wasn't purely based on cost. I no, it was also point. risk. There was it was to- yeah, yeah, totally. Um, so the, it, it saved us a lot of money, but it also um, meant that if things started to go wrong and, you know, when you're buying equipment out of China, obviously it's potentially the cheapest way to buy things these days. You've got to be careful about the quality. So yeah. we were we were pretty, pretty careful with that. But um, the reason that we went with the automated – or not automated system was the fact that, you know, if some of those PLC controllers started to break down and we had – um, LCD screens that weren't working and we had to get a local technician in to fix it. Like it was just going to, it meant it was going to shut us down. So, so, so just to 
so basically what you did was like they came to us with like let, let's just take Tianto. So we, we chose them because we had a good reason to choose them. Yeah. Um, and we talked about that a little bit on the podcast. But like you specifically went back to them and said, no, we don't want all this shit. We want it to be done this particular way. And that was the back and forth. Like, yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, we're going we're to cut this out. We're going to put this in place. And it's a more simple, reliable system. It means it's going to be a lot more labor intensive initially. But when we start up as a small new craft brewery, like we've got nothing but time. Like I don't mind spending eight hours on the brew deck brewing beer. Um, it's not for a few years that I actually want to have a little automation and um, you know hand the reins on to someone else that yeah. can have a more simple reliable system but it's also good for like the the location where we are and, and what we're doing in terms of like having a little tasting room getting people in talking about the process we go through to make the beer and explaining i mean if we had a fucking screen with a button on it and we're like we make beer by pressing this button it's it's kind of shit yeah and like you know I've, I've totally agree and i've worked in a number of other breweries and even in some of the Best breweries in Australia, you always back yourself to make better beer than a computer. Yeah. And even when you have a fully automated system, you usually override it because some, you know, there's so many variables in making beer, um, location, ambient temperature, time of year, like fucking everything. Like ingredients are um, seasonal and these are things that you can't program into a system. Yeah. These are things that you learn from doing and they're things that you want to be able to have control over on the day because each brew is different and to be able to have that consistency in your beer, you need to be able to interfere. Yeah. So that was p- part of the reason about going to a simpler system. It also meant we saved a lot of money. Yeah. yeah. So, what, so what did we end up getting like in terms of what we ordered, like what size of the system, what, like what tanks did we get? So we got a 2,000-litre system. It's a, a three-vessel. So by three-vessel, I mean we've got a separate mash, louder kettle. Um, we went with a hot liquor and a cold liquor tank. There's a lot of suppliers at the moment, um, and I, I know this only from the fact that we've reached out to get quotes from people suggesting that you don't need a cold liquor tank, that you can get these um, ice bank systems. It's, yep. you know, it saves you a lot of money up front and it's a lot less floor space that you need. Um, I knew that this sort of thing wasn't going to work for us in Queensland because, you know, we get 40-plus degree summers, summer days. It's fucking hot lately. And, you know, maybe that sort of thing would work in Europe or, or a cooler climate where you're not requiring on cooling as much. Like, it doesn't fucking snow here. Yeah. <laughs> like, it gets hot. It gets really, really hot. So you need a good cooling system to keep the beer at the right temperature. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And... Um so 2,000 litre system, we got a bunch of, ferm- we got a 1,000 litre fermenter, a big fuck off 4,000 litre fermenter, and then... Three twos. Three twos? Three twos, yeah. And so that was based on um, our forecast for the next three years and being able to meet that production. So on paper or, you know, in theory, we would have loved to have had six double fermenters, but we didn't we knew we couldn't fill them straight away and we knew it would be a long time before we could fill them yeah. and we could actually save some money get some slightly smaller tanks get more of them uh, increase our range a little bit and by the time that we're going to need that capacity we could place another order for more tanks yeah and did we we didn't know this location when we ordered I was going to say no i think i think that original quote was based on it was well, production. Having, more, having more, more floor space. Yeah. yeah which we don't have now. Yeah, because we were, I mean, not just more, flo- well, floor space, yes, but at our current location, half of our building is unusable for a brewery because of the height. 
So we've not only got, like we've got, what, 230 square metres. We're originally looking at maybe two to 300, but the whole space would be usable mm. Yes. Brewery. So the decision was made before that yeah. fact. And yeah. So we've really it, squeezed it in. Yeah, but it also, when we made our minds up on choosing this location, it was like, oh, fuck, well, that's really going to work for us <laughs> yeah. because yeah. what we've actually banked on getting is going to fit. Yeah. And it's always a fine line. Like I know when we were looking at the quotes, it was like you can get in a 1,000-litre th- system a fair bit cheaper and you can get a 25, you know, not much more. And it's like, well, fuck, where do you draw the line? Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's tough because a lot of the guys we spoke to, they said, you know, everyone says buy the biggest system you can afford because you're, you're definitely – you're always going to outgrow it. And if, you, if you're not planning on outgrowing it, then you probably shouldn't get into this. But you've also got to make the most sensible use of your space and it's got to be yeah. efficient and um, it's all about – you know your range and how how many different beers you want to make and how you want to distribute them and package them and so there's a lot of things that we've learned along the way and we've been pretty lucky that our initial plans have fitted in to our longer term plans really well yeah all right so equipment wise um there's a post on our blog that we just put up about everything that happened between us going to china and getting the equipment delivered getting the cellar door and the brewery prepared getting it plumbed up um, electric, electric up. What's that? What do you call that? Electrified. <laughs> electrified. It's called word. electrified now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's cool. Check out that blackops.com.au forward slash blog. There's a blog post there about that. Um, that. So that was the bulk of the cost. But then we had we budgeted apparently twenty four grand for delivery. Although there's some confusion about how we got to that figure. Yeah, I mean, I mean that was that, that's in, that's in the budget as the number that we had. Yeah. Um, it was pretty... We were pretty confident with that because we'd spoken to some people who imported containers and, yeah. um, you know, we just worked out a price per container. Um, doesn't really work like that. And, and there's a lot of hidden charges and shit yeah. that, we, that we sort of... Like, we had someone help us well, out we, with this. Yeah, and we were getting we quite... a number of quotes. We got a number of quotes yeah. and we were talking like 10, 20 grand difference between these quotes. And even when we questioned the, the freight forwarding companies, like, what's the difference between, you know, this quote, which is 20 grand, and your quote, which is 30? It's like, oh, well, that one doesn't include the tax. I'm like, well, fuck. Include it. <laughs> yeah. going to charge us. We, like, we it's going to be on the invoice. So you yeah. tell me how much the invoice is going to be and that's how much, you know, the quote is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so when you, when you get the equipment, it's the, the manufacturer pays for it to get to the port in It varies. It varies. Like it depends on your arrangement with, if you're going direct with a manufacturer, typically it's FOB, which means it's free to the port, the local port yeah. in the country. And, and there's another company that handles... I guess you could do it yourself if you knew, knew what you were doing. Handle yeah, it, but that's, it from that's there, another but nightmare. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Definitely would not recommend. So we, so we use a company for that. We went into detail on the blog about that, so you can check that out. Um, so, and in terms of how much it costs versus how much we thought, reasonably close. Yeah, not yeah so far as off. it turned out. Yeah. Brewery setup, which I guess was... I mean at the time of putting this budget together, we didn't actually know if someone was going to come over and help us or if we we're going to have to pay someone to come and help us um, or if we were going to do it all. The, the brewery setup was everything from knocking down walls to preparing the floors to the plumbing, the electrical, anyone plumbing the brewery system together, wiring it in, absolutely everything. And yep. we budgeted 50 grand, which the brewery isn't quite set up yet, but it's pretty close. It's pretty damn close. And um, I certainly backed myself to be able to do a lot of the work solo not have to get people in the tiantai the guys we went with part of our 
um, package was that they would actually send over a technician to help install a system for up to four weeks. We would just have to pay for um, flights and accommodation. And the reality is, like, when you start adding that up, um, you're potentially looking at translators because, you know, English is not their first language. Yeah. It really, really can cost a lot of money. And I'm, I'm sure, you know, for people who have zero experience in a brewery, like, it's money well spent. Mm. But I was pretty confident that I could do most of the work myself. And what I couldn't do, we could, we could get our mates to help. Yeah, actually, fuck, I forgot one thing about the equipment was the boiler. So, the, so there were a couple of things that we, we didn't buy from China. We made a, a decision to buy in Australia. So one was the boiler that we bought secondhand. It's mainly just the boiler. Was it just the yeah, boiler? Well, Either like pumps and stuff, or was there anything the, else? I spoke to a, we spoke to a lot of people about buying brewing equipment out of China. Um, people who have bought it, and people from all around the world. And there were a few like red flag points. One of them was electrical. So be very careful of electrical components. So we made sure that um, every electrical component in our brewery, which is, you know, just like pump controllers and temperature controllers are all worldwide brands. So like we're talking LG, Siemens, things that a local Sparky here in Australia would know how to deal with um, and also, you know, reliable. Um, pumps were another one. We, we worked with Tiantai on making sure that we were getting good quality pumps out of China they, the seals on them can be really shitty, so yeah. they can, you know, they might cost five hundred dollars, but they'll probably last you f- five weeks. And we had this conversation with that John dude, didn't we, when we were in we China? We did, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, and the the boiler was a big one, and the chilling system was a big one. Yeah. So we, the only thing that we chose to not go with, because after working even with Tiantai, they suggested against getting a boiler out of China, even though they included in their quotes. Um, and they're made to Australian standards. It, you can have a lot of trouble getting after-sales service yeah. here in Australia. Like, boilermakers just don't know how to fix them. Spare parts can be really hard to get. It can, when you have problems, it can shut you down for weeks. Yeah. So we got a boiler secondhand, and we're in the process of firing him up. <laughs> so, like a, a boiler for what we need was probably going to cost us about thirty-five grand, brand new. Um, and I shopped around for months looking for secondhand boilers all around Australia, and we eventually got one. And um, it's it's arrived now, and it's being it's in the process of getting commissioned. So far, so good. I'll you know <laughs> I'll, I'll be a lot more confident once it's up and running. Yeah. But you know, I have no. We've we've had um, gas fitters come out and inspect it, and nothing has been too concerning yet. Yeah, and it was from a carpet cleaning place? Yeah, yeah. from Bendigo. Yeah, from Bendigo. Yeah, and we actually had that before we bought the equipment. It was the first piece of equipment we bought. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I was just thinking about that because I want to do a post on lab hacks because you've also done a bunch of shit to save money with lab stuff. Is there anything you can share, like just one one example? Yeah, totally. So, um, you know, um, lab and QC is a really big thing for a craft brewery. And it often gets overlooked because it's fucking expensive to buy lab equipment. Like, you know, you're talking five grand, 20 grand for each individual piece of equipment. But um, I did a lot of research and um, from a lot of my experience in working in craft brewing labs, there are a lot of hacks that are available. So we've actually put like a fully operational QC lab together for under $1,000. Um, we'll do a big post on that on where we've sourced certain things and, and how we've done it. But, you know, things like we got um, an incubator. So we, we do like um, QC tests in a, in a 
plate. We, we grow up a culture from the beer to see if there's any bacteria growing in it. An incubator just kind of speeds up that process for bacterial growth. And you can spend, you know, one, two grand for like the cheapest, shittiest incubator you can get, which is a lot of money. Like that's more than we spent total. Mm. Um, so I got an incubator from the States. It's actually a um, baby cloth wipe warmer <laughs> it cost me 20 bucks and it uh, it serves the exact same purpose and yeah there's a, definitely a, a whole list of things that we've done similar like that and for for a small brewery that doesn't have a lab um yeah you, you don't have to spend a lot of money to get some something that'll be able to give you the opportunity to to test your test your beer especially if you're doing packaged beer um in kegs it's probably not so much important because keg beer is pretty forgiving it's usually pretty fresh whereas bottled beer can sit on a, a warm shelf in a bottle shop for a long time like so this you, one has been there for about three years yeah that one that's that's <laughs> not our beer because um it, dan's pointing to it but I'll, I'll, it's uh it's a, it's a beer that we bought for the podcast today and it's tasting pretty yeah. old <laughs> um but yeah packaged product is really important to get right and so you definitely need to be able to test it so yeah stay tuned for that yeah that'll be cool um so what else have we got? We had working capital of thirty grand just for having some money around b- before we start making money because that's the nature of the business. Um, mm. Yeah, in brewing, like we, we pay our bills well before we we sell the beer. Yeah, so so we've so we've got the tasting room, which assuming we open up and people come, then then that's pretty good cash flow wise. Um, but actually, selling the kegs can be waiting around for a long time to get the money. We had a budget of three and a half grand for kegs. So we're using keg staff for most of our stuff, but we've got our own stash of kegs that we bought. We bought those pretty early on, didn't we? When, yeah, maybe, we did. When we yeah. were contract brewing. and Before we, we were doing, are. like, with keg staff, like a keg hire company, there's minimum volumes you have to purchase. Yeah. We, They're going to be handy forever. Yeah. yeah. Local, local deliveries or tapping at the cellar door, that sort of thing, where you don't want kegs sitting around and racking up dollars. Yeah. And that, and in terms of what we spent versus what we projected, we had three and a half. We spent four and a half, more or less. So that's that was, I mean, a thousand bucks is pretty good. Yeah, it's a small blowout. Um, venue fit out. We had nineteen grand, which again, at the time, we had no idea what we were going to do in terms of a venue. For what we've ended up with, it's a small space, but it's pretty fucking cool. And we spent less, a lot yeah. less than that. We, we've got here that we spent fourteen, but I think. Some of those expenses have sort of gone out into the broader brewery, like floors and blinds paint. and paint and shit like that. Yeah. I, I, think, I think we spent it, less than 10 on the actual cellar door. Yeah, and it's, you know, anyone who's opened a bar knows how much money you can spend on little shit. Yeah, so, so. we had Eddie's dad as a secret weapon um, who, who <laughs> acquired every single piece of equipment plus time for free. Um, so what, what's some of the... I mean, some of the shit, he, he just... He well, just, just the, the bar frame that he's built the frame out of was the... So when the, con, when the tanks arrived in the containers, they were packaged up into a steel frame. So Dad's cut them up and made the, the frame of our bar out of that. Yeah. So the steel was, was cost us nothing. The steel was actually something we were going to have to deal with and spend money on removing. Get, we were going to have to pay someone to take it away. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Eddie's dad was just yeah. straight onto it. He's like, no, no, keep that. We'll, we'll use it. And, you know, that was probably five or 600 bucks worth of steel. Um, but that was just one of the many things that he did to save us money. And when you think about that, how quickly that adds up. Yeah. Well, um, the bar top came from your uncle who's got a, a what is it, a yeah. mill? Or mill? A, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hook a brother up. 
We've got what, some I wonder beach if we house. Get this on, on the on the mic. Can you hear that? That's uh, some fresh this beach house. Taking a piss, pouring into the glass. <laughs> 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 oh, you just gonna hook up yourself? Sweet. Um, <laughs> no, I got gotcha. you. All right, so. So and so, the, I mean, just about everything he fucking did was free, pretty much. Yeah, his yeah. time was free. The I mean, free in terms of we'll give him beer for the rest of his life. Um, and but he's been an absolute legend. Um, even the um, like grinding the floors back, that polished concrete mm. looks sexy as we wouldn't have had a fucking clue how to do that. And he no. knew, knew knew exactly what to do, what equipment to order, what not to get, what not to get. Um, so all of that was done super cheap and looks yeah. looks really good, like. Um, so, so yeah, so that was good. Um, I think we're going to come in under budget. Not exactly sure how far under budget, but we'll be under. Um, council, we had $20,000. And again, we didn't know this location. So I think if it had been a full proper industrial location, we probably would have been open months ago. Mm-hmm. It probably would have cost us fucking, ten, ten, I don't know, how much, how much? Oh, we would have just had to less. fill out a couple of forms. Yeah. Probably cost us a few grand. Yeah, so that so we had twenty grand. We've got down that we spent sixteen, but we're not quite done with councils. So, no, we're probably pretty close. I mean, it's it's like a thousand bucks to fill in a form and hand it in and shit like that. And yeah, I, I don't think anything else that we've got to do with them is going to cost any money. Like direct, like directly. Yeah, yeah, directly with them. Like with we them, we yeah. paid all our fees for all our submissions. Yeah, but that's a, that's another that's another discussion. I think because. There's a lot we can talk about in terms of um, choosing our location and, oh, yeah. and the options that you, you do Particularly, have. Absolutely. I, I, obviously, it's very um, location-specific, like we're dealing with our local Gold Coast City Council. It's very different in every other city, So, um, but we'd, we'd be more than happy to talk about because I think a lot of those things are still valid. Well, I think once, once we're 100% got all the approvals and everything in place, we'll do a really detailed episode about our location. And unfortunately, we would have liked to do it a lot earlier. Um, because I started recording audio about our location when we first started looking at places in Corumbia <laughs> fucking like a year ago. But we can't really do one until it's all, yeah. all ready to open. So mm. we'll do a detailed episode about that. But, but in short, we found a very good location that we knew would be a bit harder to make work in terms of approvals and costs and all the rest of it. But, but we're confident that the location will be worth it because there's not really anything like this in this kind of location. So Yeah. That's the gamble we took. Um, and then we had $43,000 of contingency, which we needed. <laughs> <laughs> and I've got down that we've already spent 30 of that. So, like, in terms of our position, which this stuff gets a little bit blurry because we, we've had a so couple of things. this is all the shit you didn't think about. Like, this yeah. is, like, all the little things that pop up along the way, um, it, it needs to be a significant number because yeah. it and bl- happens and blowouts. every day. Yeah. Every day there's something like it might be two hundred dollars here and trips you know, to Melbourne to brew beer. Yeah, like Iron we've had some festivals festival. that we had to be involved yeah. in, and like the money's come out of that. And um, obviously, once we're operational, it'll come out of our working capital. But before, with the doors are open, it comes out of our bank account. Yeah. So yeah, we we I, th- I think we were smart to have a decent contingency, and I'm more than confident we'll spend all of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're quite good at that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so in terms of our current position, so what I've got there in terms of what we've spent and what we've budgeted, budgeted 330, spent about 312. Th- that isn't actually spent. That's like what we've either spent or we know we're going to have to spend. Um, so we've got a list of stuff that we haven't spent yet that we know we're going to have to spend and we get more and more confident by the day on, on you know, how much this stuff's going to cost. So, for example, we've got glassware in there, we've got bar in there, as we buy those things, 
it kind of just adds to what we've spent and, and it goes from yellow to black and it, it's, it's, it's known then. Mm-hmm. But we do still have a list of stuff that isn't quite known. Um, and I'm just looking at this. There's probably some stuff on here that we can update, like glycol frame we've done. But we tried to go down to the level of detail of like what do we have left to spend money on that we haven't accounted for yet. So we've got plumbing, stuff like pl- – I won't go through all of it because it's like $60,000 worth of stuff. It's like plumbing, the boiler, electrical – uh, trade trade waste, I guess, treatment, um, carpentry, which is we're putting in sort of a bathroom and, and setting mm. up a lab and, and little little costs like that. That's more or less done, though. More or less done, yeah. Um, signage, which we're a lot of this stuff we're probably just not even going to do. Like I don't think yeah, we're a, lo- have a lot a of this stuff is going to come in under budget or we'll put it off. Yeah, postpone it. Yeah. So um, that total is sixty grand, which also which includes an amount of money that it's costing us because of our delays. So we're, we're having to spend money because we're not open yet because we were hoping to be open by now. Yeah. Um, and, and once you start paying rent and electrical and wages and, and we've got money going out, then that's costing us money each month. So this is based on the assumption that we open by a certain date and and we're putting in like it's going to cost us 20 grand extra between now and then. Yep. Um, but the actual... So the remaining expense is 65 grand. We've got possible, which we think will cost us about 10 grand in terms of fulfilling all of the orders. It's a little bit unknown, but it should be less than that, but we've just put that. Yeah, and, that, and that's why we set our target for the possible campaign at 10 grand because we knew that it was going to cost us at least that to deliver on it. Yeah. So we, we didn't want to do a possible campaign and, and not be able to fulfill. Yeah. And we've got, in terms of what we've actually got left, we've got about 40 grand in the bank. Mm-hmm. We've got... A loan from the landlord of twenty grand for building improvements, which we'll draw on if and when we need to, and that'll go to things like plumbing yeah. and electrical, things that are building specific. Yeah, and it's a loan, so we have to pay it back. But it's it's um, it's it's not like a investor putting money in where you're giving him part of the company. It's just part of the deal that he knows we're going to improve the building. Yeah, so he's interest free loan. Yeah, so he's giving us a deal. We're helping him because we're improving the building. Um. We've I've just got in there that we get our bond back, so that yeah. improves our cash flow a little bit. And possible seventeen grand that we raised on possible puts that up to eighty six. So we're a little bit ahead. And a good chunk of that possible, I think, was we we're going to have to spend anyway. So a lot of that was oh yeah, packaged product yeah. and and buying grains and hops and that sort of thing. So yeah, mm. so that that was all really critical money. Even the sorry, I thought that was mine because you got my case now. <laughs> Gus's phone was lighting up, and I grabbed it because I thought because I just gave him my case, and it looks like mine, but it's not mine. And I just saw a dick, which was weird. I thought you were going to Snapchat. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. This is going to the gutter, so we yeah, yeah, should yeah. wind it up. <laughs> All right. So I, I guess if people have questions, I mean, it's. We haven't put an episode out in a while, so we wanted to do this episode. It probably would have been good if we did this at the end, but it's kind of cool that we're doing it close to the end, give people an idea of where we're at. Yeah, we'll, we'll throw in an we update. Again. Yeah. Um, I think we're pretty confident where we stand right now, so I'm sure there'll be a few things that will happen differently, like our actual opening date and um, um, some of the few costings at the end, but I think that'd be cool to touch on once we're open. Yeah, and we and the Operation Brewery book we're working on, we're going to include spreadsheets and downloads and stuff that people can grab that are going to have specific like this is this is the equipment we said no to, this is the equipment we said yes to, this is what was yeah. included, this is what we budgeted for X, this is what it costs. So I think that's going to be useful. 
Um, but yeah, if people have questions, uh, blackops.com.au forward slash eight, which is episode eight. And we've got a Facebook comments thread on there and hit us up or hit us up on Snapchat at Black Ops Beer or Instagram at Black Ops Beer. And Always Snapchat. Oh, Govs is on the Snapchat. I've got a new phone, so I'm going to be Snapchatting every day. So <laughs> please follow us. It's going to be really cool. <laughs> All right. So we've got Govs on the Snapchat, Eddie on the Instagram. And um, if you've got any questions, let us know. Other than that, that's it. Let's drink some beer. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.